the review of Django Unchained, which is going to be released Thursday, the 24th of January, and has been it's a very convoluted release schedule at the moment in the cinemas. And a lot of these films that came out in the push for Oscars are going to be um, filtering through the markets. Um, and normally they come out at the same time, but stuff like um, Silver Linings Playbook and Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, I don't think, comes out until February, late February or something like that. And Silver Linings Playbook doesn't come out till the very end of January, I don't think. So Django and Chains out next week. Uh, it tells the story. It was... There was a film in the 1970s starring uh, Franco Nero called Django, and I think there was more than one. Maybe they uh, had a, an appendix name for each film. And I remember him... It was good. I liked it. It was ultra-violent. He had a, a little coffin or a little uh, violin case or something that he carried around with him, and inside was a Gatling gun, one of these amazingly powerful, um, high number of bullets per second guns. And I think in one sequence, he basically shot the entire town, <laughs> literally. Um, and so given that Tarantino's had this long, long uh, celebrated love affair with exploitation movies, and mostly his films have been more serious, although the Kill Bill movies could, could be sort of viewed in that way, I guess. Um, but the most close he's gone is Django Unchained, which is a Western, and probably the strongest Western since True Grit, uh, a film that it's about as good as uh, the Coen Brothers film that came out about two years ago and was also up for Best Picture nomination. It stars uh, Jamie Foxx as Django, who's a sla- African-American slave who encounters Christopher Waltz, the guy that won an Oscar for Inglorious Bastards a few years back, playing the Nazi uh, captain or whatever his rank was. And Christopher Waltz is a bounty hunter, and he's searching for three brothers who are very, very badly behaved and treat slaves in appalling ways and have done so to Jamie Foxx's Django. And Christopher Waltz needs him to physically identify the missing brothers. And this is their meeting as the bounty hunting doctor. From then on, he makes a deal with uh, Django that once their little partnership is over, he'll free uh, Jamie Foxx's character. And that dovetails into them both working throughout the winter. And it becomes very apparent that the bond is forming between them and that Christopher Waltz's own view on what's happening in uh, the world regarding slavery, which is coming to an end in America. And it's... um, it's a world which is, they're in the deep south and it's a world which is the last place in America where slavery is so rife and uh, it's already sort of passed in the north where a lot of free men are now and so on. And they sort of bond up together and he sort of starts questioning if he should be involved more in, in what's going on. Um, and Django lets on that he's, he was a, an actual slave with his wife uh, who's played by Kerry Washington, and that his mission in life is to go and buy her from the slave plantation owner played by Leonardo DiCaprio. And then Christopher Waltz eventually agrees that he will go along with him and help him. And that's the movie, that's the quest of the movie, uh, both of them trying to liberate Jamie Foxx's wife 
from Leonardo DiCaprio's clutches and the ingenious lengths they go to to do that. Now, I saw a lot of reports when it came out that it was the best Tarantino movie since Pulp Fiction. I don't think so. It's not. Well, no, I know I'm sure it's not. The Kill Bill movies would certainly be his greatest achievement post Pulp Fiction, taken in all. And I thought Inglorious Bastards was a bit flawed. It was a bit uneven. It was a film of magical sort of 10, 15-minute verbose sequences where people would talk, which I thought were artistically stunning. And it didn't seem to fit together. It was a bit of a dog's breakfast. There was a bit too many things going on. And it sort of underwhelmed itself. It wasn't the impact of everything happening, but it was a very strong film. And I'd say a lot similar things about this. I was underwhelmed for a sort of first 40 minutes or so. I thought it was good. But then I kept thinking back to the opening scenes in Pulp Fiction with Samuel Jackson, John Travolta, and going into that hotel room. You can play that whole movie in your head. It's so strong. And these scenes weren't that great. The performance of Christopher Waltz was very good and the performance of uh, Jamie Foxx is nearly as good. He's certainly good as well. Um, But they didn't have that classic feel to them. The dialogue was very strong but not as iconic as anything I'd seen in Pulp Fiction. And the weird thing is, is that for a film with a number of high violent shootouts, they were the least interesting thing about it. I didn't think he brought anything to the table with regards to the shootouts at all. Um, It did offend me, and it's not often I'm offended by a movie. Um, There's been a lot of uh, people decrying its depiction of slavery and the fact that it uses the N-word profusely. I didn't think it really did too much. I've certainly seen worse in films. If I had a complaint about its depiction of slavery, it didn't engage it enough. It kind of showed the horrors of slavery without ever really engaging in it as anything as a lurid sort of backdrop to what was going on. But there's one sequence in it where two slaves are made to fight, which was a... There's a legend that there was these uh, slaves from the Ivory Coast that were incredibly strong and used by plantation owners in battles that they bet on. It's never really been proven. But that sequence is one of the most offensive I've seen in a movie, and it left me feeling really quite ill. And I didn't enjoy it. And I'm not a squeamish person when it comes to violence and blood and guts, but it was the fact that... What was shown started off being so awful that it didn't need to go f- as far as it did. It was quite the, some of the violence in it is extreme, but most of it's well done and edited, so you're not actually seeing what's going on. Thankfully, as there's another sequence where a slave is ripped apart by dogs, and it's got strong violence in it. Um, the dialogue's good, uh, the performances of the leads are good, but unlike a lot of Tarantino films, it's not a awash with very strong characters there's Christopher Waltz who's excellent there's Jamie Foxx he's 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 very good as well but the best is Leonardo DiCaprio and and after sort of like 40 minutes or so the movie clicks into gear and it's when Leonardo DiCaprio's plantation becomes the focus of the the movie and DiCaprio was cruelly snubbed by the Oscars he is fantastic in this and deserved an award And I can't believe that Christopher Waltz is up for Best Supporting Actor. He won the Golden Globe for it, but I can't think of any film in awards history where the Supporting Actor Award nomination has gone to an actor that occupies so much screen time. He's in 95% of the movie. He leads 
almost every scene that he's in. And he must have overall twice the dialogue of anyone else in the film, including Jamie Foxx. So how is he not in the lead actor category? It doesn't make any sense. But he's good. It's been pointed out. He he plays a broadly similar character to the uh, German army officer he played in Inglorious Bastards and won an Oscar for, which maybe that will hamper him. But it's still a very good performance. DiCaprio's superb as a vile human being. And it's beautifully shot. I think the one standout Oscar it should get is sound editing, and the sound is magnificent in the film. It definitely doesn't deserve a Best Picture Oscar, but he may well get the screenplay one. Christopher Waltz may well get a Best act, uh, best Supporting Actor Oscar, but it's not really fair when you're the star of the movie. It's, always, it's a bit cheating, isn't it? Um, yeah, I thought it was a good film. I'm going to watch it again because I sort of was a bit underwhelmed by the hype at the start. Once Leonardo DiCaprio and Christopher Waltz got chatting at the dinner table, the film became a different beast and I really enjoyed it. And then at the last 10 minutes, neither of those two is really in it. The last sort of 15 minutes and it, and it goes back to shootout mould wasn't the strongest part of the film. The strongest part is sort of like that middle sequence. So I struggle with this. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it an 8.5, but I've got a feeling in the back of my mind that it's too high. But anyway, 8.5 for Django Unchained.